Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Sarah Schultine Krantz, and we'll be talking about her new book, Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature, and Travel the Road to Forgiveness. Hit the trail with Sarah Schultine Krantz, life coach and certified wilderness guide, on her journey to find healing and forgiveness from the scars of sexual abuse and the trauma of an unexpected divorce. As a young single mother, Sarah discovered her path to forgiveness and healing started with a daily practice of actively embracing the power and beauty of nature. Along the way, Sarah learned a key lesson that to heal from anything, you must walk through it on your own terms. In her new book, Walk Through This, Sarah provides a path forward for those who have also suffered setbacks or trauma. She's also host of the Live Boldly podcast. For more information, you can visit Sarah at her website, which is www.sarahschultinecans.com. Hello, Sarah. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. It's so great to be here. I appreciate this time with you. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to our chat. I love nature. <laughs> I just love, you know, the story, your story, and, and how it all fits together. So I'm really looking forward to, to sharing that with listeners. So um, I guess let's start with the what was the inspiration for this book? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I can deep dive in if you'd like me to right away. That's totally fine. Please, yeah, go right you know, ahead. <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. Um, so, I, I, so the inspiration for the book came, you know, when I was um, 17, 18 years old, I had this hit. Um, literally, it was like a God-given hit that I was going to write a book someday. And the reason why is because I had lived through so much trauma at the age of 17. I was, um, I was actually raped by somebody I knew. And uh really I tried to press charges and the police refused to press charges on this individual. And I became pregnant as a result. And I grew up in a very small town um, called Black Earth, Wisconsin. And my place to go back then, because that was way back in 1991 um, was nature. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I would go and sit in the cornfields and I would plop my butt down and I would, um, you know, watch the clouds go overhead you know, there were so many times where I felt so alone, but then the place where I could feel most connected was, you know, um, in nature and where, where I was in my surroundings, um, if it was with trees or just walking the fields or whatever it was. And then, you know, it was such a devastating time in my life. I'm 47 now, and um, that was just a really, really hard time because I wasn't heard and I wasn't listened to and I wasn't believed. And I chose yet, even at that age, to, ch- to uh, keep my child and to raise him and um, under circumstances that never should have happened. What's interesting is, and I write a lot of books about that in my book, um, 
because it was such a devastating time in my life. And yet it became the time when I found who I was. I found my voice. Even though I wasn't heard, I realized even back then at the age of 17 that the most important relationship that you can have is the one within yourself and um, to believe in yourself always. And then when I turned 40, I had a second round of trauma hit. And when I, with my husband at the time, I'm now divorced. That's when I was, um, like I said, 40 years old. And when that happened, my 17-year-old self came barreling through and reminded me that the place to go back to to heal from my own trauma recovery at 40 was in nature. Um, Mm -hmm. I found out my husband had been betraying me most of my marriage. There were multiple addictions happening that I didn't know about. And where I went to go heal was on the Pacific Ocean when I was paddling or hiking out in the woods or hiking mountains and running trails. And it was interesting because I noticed how fast that my recovery was really taking hold. Even my own, you know, who are now my colleagues, my therapist back then, who she and she and I now work together, she even said to me, she said, I don't understand what is happening that you are recovering so much quicker than other people that I've ever worked with. And then we mm-hmm. put it together and it was like, okay, nature's doing its thing here. You know, not only was I going through somatic healing therapy, but I was somatically healing when I was in nature. And so it made sense why when I had this kid at the age of 18, why didn't I write this book? All my life I was wondering, why didn't I write the book that I thought I was going to write? And the reason why is because my story wasn't done yet. I mean, there you go. My story wasn't done yet. And so now I I wrote it the way that I wrote it because I want others to heal in this way. Yeah, that's funny. You know, I've I've just I think I just talked about that idea of, you know, having to the story hadn't happened yet, you know, and when it came to writing because that was someone who had a very similar circumstance, you know, it was years, you know, um um that they were told that, or or had the feeling, you know, that they were gonna be doing the book. But um yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, the story I guess has to unfold before it can be told. <laughs> so Exactly. Exactly. The story has to unfold before it can be told. Exactly. And I'm really, I'm really thankful that I didn't write the book yet, you know, before now, because I think that nature is something that we do not utilize enough in this world. Um, And it is such an important, powerful space for us to go out and really find ourselves. Yeah, I I agree with you. You know, as a matter of fact, um, there was a topic I was going to talk about later, but I'm bringing it up now. And, and you talked about uh, the idea of a nature deficit disorder, you know, because mm. we're talking about yeah. we're talking about nature. Um, I mean, that one kind of popped up, you know, popped out at me as something that I, you know, hadn't really thought about. So can you can you share with the, the listeners a little bit about the idea of a, a nature deficit disorder? Absolutely. You know, so that's not even my phrase. Richard Louvre is the one that coined that phrase a number of years ago. And when I was researching my book and also trying to figure out how is this healing thing happening with me in nature, you know, um, I also had uh, had kind of tumbled across that and I was blown away. We as a society are spending more and more time behind our screens and less and less time outside. And what it's doing is literally altering um, who we are. And, you know, if you think about it, when we used to go and farm our food more, right, and we used to walk more instead of getting into cars, we used to utilize um, our bodies outside more than we do ever today. 
And what he, what he was talking about was how we are literally going through this def, nature deficit disorder. It's this, it's this uh, deficit that we are now experiencing because we don't go outside as much as we do, as much as we used to. Um, and what I found also in my research is that when it comes to trauma recovery, it's also not giving ourselves the opportunity to slow our mind, which is exactly what we need mm. to do in order to heal uh, our mind and our bodies. And so we, we live in a frontal lobe, in our frontal lobe almost all the time, which is the front part of our brain. You know, if it's, you know, sitting behind a computer or if it is task mastering or doing, you know, things of our daily tasks that we got to get done, working, whatever it is. And because we're not going out into nature, we're not allowing our frontal lobe to slow down and our back part of our brain, which is where we have creativity, aha moments, where we experience awe and wonder, we're not giving that an opportunity to rise and to really um, to allow us to experience life and living. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it only takes a few minutes every day. It's five minutes a day in nature can begin to alter your brain uh, and recalibrate your thoughts. And wow. we need more of it, especially today. Yeah, five minutes. Can you believe that? Five minutes. Yep. Wow, that's yep. something. Well, I I usually get uh, ten times that. You know, I I, I love nature. So I mean, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Well, well, you know, um, the, you know the idea. Well, first of all, you know the idea of you know slowing down your mind. You know, I know for me that when when I am out, just you know, I like to take pictures. So you know, when I'm out just looking around and taking pictures, I mean, my mind really does slow down a lot. You know, um, because I'm, I got yeah. more in the present. You know, I'm kind of like looking and you know, taking in, you know, where I am. So I guess that's uh, less chance for being in the future and in the past. Uh, so right, right, yeah, um, it's so important. Yeah, it, it is. It is. So now the the title of your book is called "Walk Through This." So why that phrase? Mm, because I love my mom so much. <laughs> my mom, actually, when I was, she, I literally, you. like, she's, my mom and I are very, 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 very close, and I have a very close family. Yeah. Um, when I, when I was 17, and after that happened to me, and I was, I was still in high school, I was a senior, and yeah. uh, people were questioning me, and I, like I said, I grew up in a very small town of, like, 1,100 people back then, um, and uh, people, I felt a lot of shame and I felt unfortunately and I felt a lot of guilt and I felt just things that I shouldn't have had to have felt at 17 but the reason why is because people just truly didn't see me right and so mm-hmm. and so when I uh, was going through that time in my life my mom used to walk me down main street of our town which by the way is not big <laughs> and she would say to me <laughs> um uh-huh. I would I would want to look at the ground when I was walking I didn't want to look up because I was just in so much pain. And she would say to me, hold your head high. People will hear you um, someday. They will believe you. They will hear you someday. You have to just keep holding your head high and stand in your integrity. And she would literally walk me down Main Street, which is why we titled this book, Walk Through This. Um, We're also working on a documentary right now, and the documentary is also Walk Through This, um, a story of starting over. And that that documentary, that film is about my journey from uh, where I lived in Black Earth, Wisconsin, all the way through today. Now I live in Los Angeles. 
and um, outside of, I live in Hermosa Beach, outside of Los Angeles. And, and we share women's stories about walking through their own journeys of healing um, and recovery as well. So it, it all started with my mom. It all started with my mom, <laughs> my beautiful mom. <laughs> God love her. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's wonderful. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, that inspiration you know, to, to realize that that inspiration has, you know, come back and played such a major role, you know, you know, decades later, yeah. um, is just a testament to it. Now, um, the, the book is part, you know, personal development and, and memoir because you talk mm-hmm. about your experiences. So um, yeah. given the traumatic experiences, given the small town atmosphere, um, what did you have any reservations or what reservations did you have um, regarding the memoir aspect and um, just kind of what you're feeling? Because, you know, people out there, first of all, I have a lot of um, uh, just – admiration for people who do memoir style um, books that, that reveal, you know, very personal things that, because um, mm-hmm. um, it takes courage, in my opinion, to do that. So for yeah. for you, what, what was kind of, what was that process? How was that? How did that go back and forth for you? You know, I, um, oh gosh, when I remember where I was when I had that hit that I was going to write this book. And so I think it was already in me for so long that it was going to get written that I kind of, I mean, I sat with it for 30 years, you know, that, okay, this is the story needs to be told. Um, My reservation with writing it uh, post that with what had happened between myself and my husband was simply my sons. Um, My kids today, they're 29, 19 and 14. And I'll tell you that my reservation on it was I went back and forth between I don't want them to um, I want them to have their own story through this. I don't want to speak their story. And so when I wrote the book, it's all my side of the story. It's my it's what I experienced. I don't I talk about my boys, but I don't talk about their experience through it. Right. I talk about myself as mothering through it. Yes. But that's their story. The real reason that I wrote it, though, I'll tell you, is because I didn't want people to feel alone like I did. I felt so alone and hurt and lost and nobody should feel that way. I don't want people to feel that way. I want them to understand and know that there are other people that have lived through maybe not their experience, but something similar because ultimately we are so much more alike than we are different simply through Mm -hmm. story. And I also wanted my boys to, I wanted to model for my boys what it was, what it would be like or what it is to stand in your integrity, just like my mom kept telling me at 17, mm-hmm. right? And to be able to speak your truth and know that other people can learn from it and heal their own lives because of the ripple effect that you're creating in this world. So I wrote it always from a place of love. I always tell people I am I'm always from a place of love. I don't talk about my husband, my, my ex-husband in a bad light because, you know, that was his story and that's what he was working through and going through. And he has his own story through this world and this, through this lifetime. Um, and, and, I, and I wrote the book from that place. It's ultimately all from love. Uh, and I tell people, yeah, if it triggers you, put it down for a little bit. It's okay. There's a reason. Look at the trigger. Look at what's happening within you, where it's landing in your body, and allow yourself just to sit with it. Because it, it literally is a book where I hold it and I feel nothing but love and I want people to other people, other people to feel the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, you know, 
that is just a, a tough line to, to walk. And I think, you know, the idea of, of making sure that it was from your point of view and, and, and you know, and that you didn't, you know, bring in you know, the children or the husband, your husband, that was, it was basically your, your journey, your experience and keeping mm-hmm. it like that. I'm mm-hmm. sure. But, but still, nonetheless, it's, it can be, you know, especially yeah. if you're a small town, you know, I mean, it's, it's oh. like if, you know, they didn't know the details, <laughs> they do now. So Right. Well, and you yeah. know what, to be honest with you, there were a lot of details in here that I didn't share that people, nobody knew. And I've gotten a lot of messages from people who said, who, who have reached out and apologized and have said, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know the details of this and I didn't know. And there was some stuff that I just simply couldn't tell back then. Right. Like I had to get a restraining right. order on the guy. Um, and a lot of people just, there are things that people just didn't know. And I wasn't at a space and time at 17 to go out and share that type of stuff with people. And I did have, I'll tell you the, I think it was the Friday, the Friday before my book came out, I went through this. I mean, I was, I went through this spiral of like, what did I do? How did I, how, <laughs> right, I, I mean, right. I literally put my whole story out there. And, what you know, was and I, I talked thinking? to my kids yeah. about it. And yeah. What was I thinking? And my kids were like, mom, it's yeah. done. Just let it go. And I was like, okay. You know, so I go through that too. Yeah. I think everybody does when they're writing a book, a memoir of any type. It's, it is scary. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, like, like I say, um, you know, it's just, um, I just admire that, that it's, it's wonderful because, you Thank know, you. it's, it's a case where, um, you know, you're really out, out to help people and um, just the fact of putting it in the book and going on promoting, <laughs> you know, you're kind of, right. it's there, it's there all the time. But um but yeah. but the ultimate goal of helping others who maybe are kind of in the same nature that's that's uh, that's admirable. Now, one of the things I, I, I found was interesting, and, and you mentioned it earlier, and we were talking about nature. You talk, you said that you know in nature you didn't feel alone, and I had I, that kind of when I read about that, I thought, hmm, you know, it's an interesting wonder, you know, there are literally alone. You know, in many cases, you know, and you talk. That was interesting idea. Long yet. Oh, did I just lose you? Hello? Do you hear me? Hello. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I feel like I just lost you. That was weird. Oh, okay. No, no, no we're here. No, we're good again. So, we're good uh, again. We're good again. We're good again. Okay, great. So, so um, now part one of the the part of the subtitle of of your book it was um, yeah. the travel travel the road to forgiveness. So let's talk a little bit yeah. about forgiveness. Um, yeah. What is your definition of forgiveness? And I understand that you would like to have Miriam Webster change their definition of it. So can, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about that? Well, and you know, the reason that I, the reason, so the forgiveness piece is really fascinating because the day that I found everything out, I remember sitting down with my, uh, my ex-husband, my husband's time. And I said to him, 
I want a divorce, but I will forgive you someday. And I couldn't even figure out where that came from, but I think it came from my subconscious 17-year-old self coming forward and saying, you know, you've been here before. You're going to get through this as well. Um, When I did the TED Talk, I didn't know that I was going to be doing a TED Talk on forgiveness. What happened was my the person who helped me with uh, the writing of it, well, not the writing, but like the figuring out what my topic was going to be. She asked me, she said, how have you healed so quickly? And how, and I told her, I said, well, I, I forgive my, my ex-husband. And she said, how do you forgive him so deeply? And, and I said, well, because when I forgive, I choose to hand back the pain that was handed to me. And so we looked at the definition of forgive in the de- dictionary and it was the, the basis of the definition in society and in the dictionary is to learn to forgive and forget. And I thought that was so interesting because when I go through my own healing journey, it's not about forgetting or condoning or pardoning the action. It's about choosing to learn more deeply about what you went through and handing the pain back to the person when you're ready, right? Because anger is actually a good thing to hold at times too. Um, So when you're ready to let go of it, to hand it back to that person who hurt you. So I define forgive as to acknowledge an offense and the consequences of that offense as truth, to choose to let go of negative feelings, and to cease to harbor animosity toward the offender. So you're not forgetting that it happened. Hmm. You're honoring your experience, right? right? Which, how can you honor your experience if you're being told to forget that it happened? Right, right. Yeah, in in that, that, see, the idea of forgetting to me just never made sense because it's, it's a part. I mean, it's done. It's, it's, it's something that happened, and it, it becomes a part of of you. You know, I mean, each day what we do right. becomes a part of who we are. So, um, and the idea to forget just uh, just doesn't seem. Um, I don't know. It just seems like you're, you're kind of turning your back on on something that happened that's important in a way. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why I'm working on changing the definition in the dictionary because. It needs to be. <laughs> it just needs to be. You know, we need to, yeah. we need to honor our experiences in life. <clears throat> I I agree. I agree that I agree with that one. So now, um, do you, you you call it um, a journey? Um, mm-hmm. it, can you talk? And and then also, I also read, you know, that um, it's not a, a one and done kind of event. Forgiveness. So. Can you talk right. about the idea of it? Um, you know, because some people do have that, you know, I'm going to do the I, I forgive you or, you know, please forgive me kind of thing, and then it's done. But that doesn't yeah. seem to be the case, does it? No. Because here's the thing. We we are always triggered in life. You know, that, that word trigger is, like, thrown out there all the time. And truly, though, we always have things that ultimately could bring us back to that moment back to that pain, back to that reminder of. And so what I tell people is forgiveness is a practice. When I forgive somebody, even, you know, my ex-husband, I always tell him, I'm continuing this, this journey of forgiveness with you. It's not, and, and I do say I forgive you, and I'm continuing to choose this practice every single day when I wake up. There are some days where I wake up and I get really mad. I'm like, wow, what happened? How did I land here? The difference is, though, between telling somebody I choose to forgive you and then allowing yourself to be triggered and sit there and say, okay, I thought I was done with this. When you're making it a practice every day, you also give yourself permission to feel 
and to still say, you know what, honor the pain. It's okay. The pain doesn't, people think that when I get there, it'll be done, but there is no there, not in healing. You're always working on this every single day. It's like grief. I mean, I had to grieve the loss of my life and the loss of my marriage. Grief is something that it's not, there is no, there is no closure. You are always on this journey. And the beautiful thing is that you can hold, like in grief, you can hold grief and joy at the same time. In forgiveness, you can hold the fact that I'm forgiving you. I'm choosing to still forgive you always, every day. And I'm also holding the, the reminder of or the, 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 the feeling of um, the experience that I walked through, right? And so yeah. there's a big, very big difference there. That's why I always say continue on it every day. Okay, good, good. Um, I want to take just a, a quick break, Sarah, and I do want to invite listeners, okay. if you want to call in and ask Sarah any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to, to pop them in there. And then when we come back from break, mm-hmm. Sarah, um, I want to talk about um, there was a, um, in Chapter 3 of your book, you talk about, working on self-worth and self-love helped you get rid of some mm. guilt and regret about something that happened. So I, I really want to kind of talk about that when we come back, because I think there's a, a real good message in that, okay? Absolutely. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website ByteRadio.me has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today my special guest is Sarah Schulting-Kranz, and we're talking about her new book, Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature, and Travel the Road to Forgiveness. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.sarahschultinkranz.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you Great. for having so, me. Sure, I, I'm really enjoying this. This is some really important, you know, food for people to think about, you know, when it comes to dealing with trauma. And, um, so um, now when it, when it comes time to um, that, that chapter three I talked about on self-worth and self-love, um, you, there was something that happened 
that um, regarding your trauma that, you know, kind of maybe led to some guilt and regret. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with the mm-hmm. listeners um, kind of what happened and, you know, and how um, your how self-love and self-worth played into healing that. So are you speaking of um, when I was uh, having I'll, my child? I'll, I'll Is that what you no, no, no. I was, I'm sorry. And I was, I was talking about the one time that there was um, the person who raped you. You found out later that ah. they um, may have had oh. um, someone else might have been um, yeah. done. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. so I, I did have a lot of self worth issues and a lot of um, self love issues with that. You know, I found out, which I don't actually talk about this in the book. Um, I found out that he, what I do talk about is that I found out that he had attempted this on somebody else. And um, what I don't talk about is how I found out that he had attempted on somebody else, which was, I was uh, waiting tables at the time. um, And I walked up to this table and it was a husband and a wife. And they asked me, I was young. I was only like 18 at at that time. And they'd asked me if I knew who this if, they asked me where I was from, and I told them where I was from, and they asked me if I knew him. And um, the look on my face gave it away. And they said, you know something. Mm. And then he, the husband said, um, uh, you know, tell us what you know. And the wife said, looked at me and said, he tried to rape me when I was in my truck. And, um, you know, that for me created wow. so much shame because and I felt so guilty about not being able to do more. And it affected my worthiness mm. and who I became because I felt like, you know, why didn't anybody hear me? Why didn't anybody see me? Why didn't anybody um, protect my myself back then? And, uh, and I had to do a lot of work on that, you know, about just understanding that I couldn't, I did what I could. Um, and even today, I wish I could have done more. And I also have to remind myself that I did what I could at the time. And I did the best yeah. that I could at the time. Yeah, that's um, yeah. To me, that's uh, that would be really challenging to get through that, and, you know, because I think um, you know there are cases where um, people, you know, regret sometimes pops up a lot. And you know, and um, you know, one that I don't know, I just popped it out of my head, but but the idea of like when someone commits suicide, you know, the people around them do the questioning, you know, of wondering, you know, of regret, what didn't I see, you know, what could I have done, Um, you know, and and, and having to get to that point, you know, of recognizing that, um, you know, you, you do what you can when you know, you know, and and it's, uh, it's just a matter of awareness of being able to do that. So, but yeah, so anyway, I just thought thought that the idea of self-worth and self-love helping combat that guilt and regret. Well, and then, you know, I was pregnant and I chose to have my son, which a lot of people didn't understand there. And even today I get questions about that. Like, wow, you, you chose to still um, have him outside of all of that. And I did. And for me, I just knew that it was the right thing for me. I'm not saying it's the right thing for everybody. I give everybody choice, no judgment. Um, But then also having him, I had to work through a lot of the guilt of, and the worthiness part of I brought my son into this world under these circumstances. 
Um, and I right. knew that it was the best thing. And he's an amazing, amazing, amazing man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my mm-hmm. oldest is just an amazing man. And, um, and I also knew that I had to work through all of those issues myself so that he could mm-hmm. also work through his issues as well, that he ultimately was going that I knew that eventually he would have. And, uh, and yeah. also to be able to then feed his own worthiness through all of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does have the impact on every person involved. You know, so yeah. um, now with, with this 2020, <laughs> um, yeah. do you feel like that we have, I mean, the, the globe has had you know, tra- traumatic experience. I mean, has, do you feel that, I mean, I, I think that probably yes, but I mean, to me, it seems like you know we were creating a whole lot of trauma this year, or this year created mm. a whole lot of people. Yep. Yes, a thousand percent. You know, I feel like the entire world is in trauma right now, and um, mm-hmm. the amount. And I talk a lot about judgment in my book, and the amount of judgment, simply judgment, that we have that we have um, really put out there into this world in 2020 has been astronomical and when we are judging other people we are creating so much toxicity within the world um and so i choose it's funny because i just led a retreat down in the grand canyon um i lead retreats you know men and women on retreats in the grand canyon and i just got out a couple days ago and one of the women looked at me and she said it's interesting with you you look at somebody and you can just simply see love and I said, you know, the reason why, and I was like, yeah, that it's true. And the reason why is because I've done so much work on myself. And ultimately, when we're choosing forgiveness and when we're choosing to do the work on self, we ultimately choose the love that is underlying of everything, right? And so yeah. the world has been through so much trauma this year because we're never going to go back to the way that it was. Right. Like we, no, we were literally no, thrown right. into this, this like what just happened? It was like the whole world went through a massive earthquake together and then aftershocks differently afterwards. And that is trauma. It's very traumatic when we don't know what holds for tomorrow. Um, on the flip side of it, for me, I, you know, my boys and my family has, we've handled it really, really well, but I think that's because, we have also gone through so many traumatic experiences together in the past. Mm. So the other Mm -hmm. reason I'm going to encourage your listeners to work on their traumas and to work on their difficult experiences and to work on their lives is because when we do that, when we go back and when we do that, we with when in our future, because we know that more things are going to happen to us. We don't, we're not taken down by them because we've already healed and we've had, we have the solid foundation that we have created already within our own personal lives. for you has been a hard lesson. So how, how for you, and then particularly, you know, what would you say for people today who you know, recognize that life is not turning out anything like they expect? Yeah. You know, when I'm in a state with that, I've, I, that was one of the most fascinating things for me was having to let go and having to understand and surrender to what I thought things were going to be like and realizing that I actually can create whatever I want in this world, in this lifetime, right, in terms of my own life. And I had that aha moment when I was 
standing on a rock. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday in Sequoia National Park. It's actually the picture is on my Facebook page, uh, and I won't ever take it down because of that. It's my reminder. And I remember standing on this rock and looking out and seeing this vast valley below and realizing that, you know, my life is beautiful, just like being out in the wilderness. And it's okay that my life itself is, is, is amazing and I can create whatever I want from it, but more so than anything, I can create whatever I want from my experiences, including my traumas. And having to just surrender to the fact that no one's life is perfect and understanding that whatever happens to you, it doesn't have to become fully who you are, right? And that was the most beautiful piece for mm-hmm. me in my own understanding that I can write my story, my life story, however I choose. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, you know, that's what I think, you know, particularly in this period in time, I mean, you know, we um, rewriting or, or writing our story differently is it's actually one of those key opportunities that we have to to make a change um because i mean it's like everything is is changing so i mean it's a perfect time for that and, and one of my my favorite ideas was that that idea is in a state of chaos anything is impossible anything is possible yeah it's when that kind of thing happens you know you can you know, we really create. Um, so now, one of the things that um, also interested me is that there are three words that um, you book, mm. and um, they are truth, inspiration. So tell us about, you know, this is one of my favorite things, but talk about uh, truth, inspiration, and hope. Yeah. So I was on my paddleboard, and um, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, what is my, what are, what's getting me through this? What are my, what's the words that's getting me through this? And one was truth, always speaking my truth, knowing that my truth matters. And my truth is not the truth, like I said, of my kids. My truth is not the truth of my ex-husband. It's my experience in life. Um, and always speak your truth. And inspiration, lead an inspiring life every day. Because when we lead an inspiring life, we open ourselves to every possibility, magical possibility that's around us. And then also hope. Here's where people get confused with hope, though, because a lot of people don't like that word hope. And I uh-huh. actually even, I was like, hope? When, I, when the word came to me, I was like, hope? <laughs> you know, hope is like, uh-huh. it's like really? And, and, and then I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? Wait, time out. My deepest hope comes from hope of self. I'm not putting hope into others. I'm putting the hope into me. And so when it comes from that Mm. self space, because I always say everything starts with self, self self-forgiveness. When I wrote the book about forgiveness, I always say forgive yourself first, forgive others next, Mm. and then forgive the the world. And for me, it was all about, when it comes to hope too, hope always starts with self. Yeah. Yeah, I I have... um, I'm actually doing a set of like um, inspirational cards, you know, and um, you know, oh, with my cool. photographs and my nature photographs and, and, um, and you know, just little words. Of it. Anyway, one of them is hope. Um, that, uh, oh, and, and it was funny. Being, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it was funny because I had very much the same um, 
thought or seemed kind of like, huh, you know, hope. I mean, to me it was like hope was um, a pessimist, you know, trying to put a light on something that's going to happen. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, right. with hope there's always that that, that chance of not happening. I mean, it, it, there's always right. that uncertainty. Um, so that's why one of the things I had, one of those kinds of things I like, I don't know about this. Um, but then again, you know, I think like you, that it's like, it's, it's, you know, if, if you do it, like you say, talking about focusing on self, um, then, you know, that's where, that's where you can make the difference. That's where it applies and where you can make a difference. Yeah. I always say mm-hmm. every single thing begins with self. And it's unfortunate that so many people feel that by putting yourself first, that you're being selfish. You know, we, right. we are not being selfish. We are actually being selfless because the more that we heal ourselves and take care of ourselves, the more that we can be there for others. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And, and it, it's just um, also one of the things that you talk about, too, is the idea, uh, speaking of self, um, is uh, practicing mm-hmm. fierce self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, you know, I mean, fierce compassion. So anyway, self-compassion. So can talk, talk yep. to us a little bit about that? Because, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we could all use a lot, a lot more of compassion, even fierce compassion. Oh, well, you know, it's funny because people used to say to me, you know, be compassionate towards yourself. It's okay. I'm like compassionate. Okay. I'm always compassionate. And then I had somebody tell me, Sarah, it's time you start being fiercely compassionate to yourself. And when she said that, I thought, oh my gosh, okay, that's taking it next level. Because when we have lived through so many difficulties where the world is right now, for example, because we are, like I said, we are in trauma right now. Being mm-hmm. fiercely self-compassionate towards yourself means really giving yourself permission to simply be and to be okay and to love yourself and to say, you know what, I'm doing the best that I can right now at this moment. Every given moment, we are doing the best that we can right now. And when we can allow ourselves to step into fierce self-compassion, we give ourselves more love and we feed our worthiness more as well. We feed that self-love, that, that self-forgiveness piece. We're hard on ourselves. Yeah. We are way too hard on ourselves <laughs> in this world. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we are our worst critics at, at times, and, and mm-hmm. uh, particularly, you know, in tough times that, um, that uh, you know, that we, we take on. You know, a lot of, I'm sure parents have, you know, taken on the idea of, you know, their things that are beyond their control that, that that have happened that have really kind of thrown, you know, their life into to disarray. And um, it's uh, a lot of, I'm sure, you know, feeling, you know, self-compassion is, could be a real challenge, and, but it's important. Yeah, it is so important. Yeah. And when we're really fiercely yeah. compassionate towards ourselves, especially as parents, we give our kids permission to do the same. Right. Like our kids have been through so much, especially this year. I mean, my own kids, I look at them and I'm just like, dang, I mean, it's like (laughs) you've been so hard, you're so hard on yourself on top of it. Right. And so it gives them permission to do the same thing for themselves. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. You know, I mean, like 
the world, I mean, it has forever changed. And, you know, and, and this particular mm-hmm. period is going to be talked about for decades to come. And um, mm-hmm. so what do you hope that um, readers um, will take away f- from reading um, Walk Through This? Oh, I just got chills when you just said that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want my readers to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel connected um, with not only my story, but more so with their own story. Um, Because by reading mine, I know regardless of where you're at in this world, regardless, we are all connected through story and you will find something within my story that will resonate with your own. When I wrote this book, I wrote it in a way and I, and I talk about this in the book, too. I want people to use it, not to just put it on a shelf, but to actually do the work. Mm-hmm. So a lot mm-hmm. of people have read the entire book, and then they go back, and then they do the steps. Because there are seven steps, right, to forgiveness. And then they go back, and they've been working in it. One, one person sent me a text last night, and she said, my book is by far a nun, the most um, dog-eared uh, highlighted, (laughs) written in, drawn in book I've ever used. And I want people to use it that way because then what I want them to do is to hand it down to somebody that's important to them and have them learn from that as well. Because we all learn differently. We all heal heal differently. But if we can then take it and hand it on to somebody that we care about, they'll learn more deeply about you and they'll learn how to heal more deeply themselves as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's it's it's a, a wonderful compliment. <laughs> I like to you know, yeah. for, for an author to to have one book like that. Um, so um, before we go, uh, you have a podcast, Live Boldly. Can you yes, tell us about about the podcast? Absolutely. So the podcast is um, I bring in experts, uh, different people um, that uh, know about certain things. Like I had this amazing grief. Um, uh, she was a professor. And so she came in and talked all about grief. Um, I also share people's stories on my podcast. Those people do come in and they actually share their stories um, and where they're at within their own healing journey. And my podcast is one for truthfully, there you go. It's all about truth, inspiration, and hope. It's, those are the three words that I live daily in. So I put it into the work that I do as well, including my podcast. You will find truth, you will find inspiration, and you will find hope. A lot of education, too. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love all of those, all of those topics. So, well, Sarah, I really enjoyed speaking with you today and sharing your information you. with, with listeners. Um, now, if people want to contact you, they can contact you through your website, but also social media um, Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren, is that all? Are you there? So, oh, all, yeah. All the, I'm all over the, the place. So in, <laughs> yep. On Instagram, I'm on uh, Sarah Shelton Kranz. Kranz. Facebook uh, is the same, Sarah Shelton Kranz. Or you can find me in my business on Facebook, Live Boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, through my pod, or through my um, the podcast, and then also through my website. We also, the film website is walkthroughthis.com. So if you want to start seeing, if you want to start look, if you want to look at some of the footage that's already done, we're in post-production and we actually filmed some of it in the Grand Canyon. And it's absolutely beautiful, the work that's being done on this film. So we've got that as well. A lot of projects uh-huh. happening right now. <laughs> that's good. Well, you know, it's good to see that uh, um, 
the pandemic and that kind of thing hasn't slowed down. You know, I think it's really kind of um, pumped up people's creativity, I think. Yeah. I wrote my book during the pandemic. I started it in December and I finished it in June. So, yeah, I wrote the entire book during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, great. Well, well, definitely for people to go ahead and, and look at uh, walkthroughthis.com, um, I just kind of brought it up real quickly and, and wonderful views of the Grand Canyon. So that's uh, wonderful. wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you again for your time today, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. My special guest has been Sarah Schulting Kranz. We've been talking about her new book, Walk Through This. The Healing Power of Nature and Travel the Road to Forgiveness. Again, you can find more about this or um, podcast and much more by visiting our website, which is www.sarahshopping.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.